everyone, and welcome to another uh, episode of SDGC After Hours. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm here with our host, John, and we're going to be breaking down uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Uh, I'm not not clear what the f actual name of this is. I, th I think it's just Microsoft Flight Simulator. They kind of got I, that. Yeah, no, it's it's just Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It's a is the 2020 well, I, actually part of the name? Because I I think it's just... I I think so. Um, okay. I I uh, well, you know what? You know Let what? Let me look I up can... the box art here. We're gonna I th do some I'm live research. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, it's but it's just don't... Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh well, you know what? I am wrong, and I have <laughs> no right. idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like confusing. I think they always go for a soft reboot of these things, but people still have to find a way to differentiate it, so they just right. tack right. on the yeah. Kind of like Windows, like you know, okay, this isn't Flight Simulator <laughs> XP. This is yeah, this is exactly. uh, Flight Simulator 2020, traditional Microsoft fashion. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna be talking about the game uh, a little bit. It's it's an interesting one. This, uh, I think it showed up at E3 last year, and, like, you know, unveiling a new flight simulator at E3 is kind of uh, unexpected, I guess. It doesn't seem like the kind of game that most people would think Microsoft would throw up on the big stage there, uh, and definitely I don't think many people expected it. Um, but obviously there's there's been a lot of uh, hype and talk around it, and I think mostly for the visuals. Uh, would I be wrong there, John? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, um, I remember when I saw it at E3, mm -hmm. yeah, I was a little surprised that we were getting a, uh, a flight simulator game uh, shown at such a, you know, such a, such a, uh, you know, a, a big, I mean, it's, you know, it's the, one of the biggest gaming shows in the world. So interesting place to show it. But I mean, Microsoft was serious. Like this was a, mm -hmm. this was a, you know, not, you know, not to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, no, no, no pun intended. I can't talk tonight. A, mm -hmm. uh, a flagship game for them. Mm -hmm. uh and man like i it, when you talk about reviews like i think it's one of the highest reviewed games this entire generation it's um, it's up there for sure it's like yeah, out of 96 or 97 or something like it in the 90s somewhere which as we know is the the threshold for a good game anything less is garbage yeah if if so, it had scored an 89 we'd, we'd yeah. be having a, <laughs> a much different conversation right now yeah yeah um so you know i, I wanted to kind of talk about the the two types of people that are going to play this game, I think. Obviously, there's a lot more nuance than that, um, and there's a lot of people who fall in the in-between, but I think, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator has been around since, I think, 82 was the first iteration. It's been, ra been around for, like, almost 40 years. Um, long, long time. And for most of that time, I think it hasn't really branched out beyond uh, a very hardcore uh, niche audience, like people that just love flight simulators. They got their... Um, their flight sticks, their throttles, their home cockpits that cost thousands of dollars. And uh, I think th that's the extent of most people that played these games. At least, you know, I haven't run across very many people that, that talked about it outside of myself. And I've definitely only dabbled in it here or there over the, you know, the last uh, 20 years of my life. Um, but this, I mean, showing up on the stage at E3, and now we're in an age of Game Pass where anyone with Game Pass can play this game, um, definitely opens it up to... Uh, a broader audience because you don't need to drop 80 60 80 dollars to give this game a try a lot of people are just going to click that install button and uh and see what it's all about so coming into this i thought hey you know i i really like these kind of games but i think a lot of people either don't understand them or wouldn't really give them a shot at a retail price maybe this will get some people interested and enjoying um simulators that 
don't typically do that. And my mind was kind of racing with all these possibilities, all the things Microsoft could do to make this more accessible. And I, the game is great, and I don't want to start off on a bad note, but I feel like a good chunk of this discussion is going to be about how much of a missed opportunity that is, and um, uh, I guess how still very obtuse the game is, and how much of a barrier uh, there is to actually play it. Um, you know, so I have a little bit of experience with flight simulators. I uh, My dad was kind of messing around with them when I was younger, like uh, maybe an early teenager, and he's definitely not a gamer. He was just in it for the... Uh, he's a like he likes planes. He's a big plane nerd. The so, the uh, experience of flight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wanted to see you know practice taking a plane up and, and stuff like that, and just he just enjoys kind of nerding out about the avionics. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I got a little bit of secondhand stuff, and then I I got into it a little bit uh, probably about ten years ago with um, Flight Simulator X came out in two thousand six. That was the most recent iteration uh, iteration before now. Um, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I can take it. I can take off, and I, I can make something land. And I was, you know, playing on very unrealistic settings, very easy uh, configuration. But um, you know, it's just kind of a, I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's kind of a relaxing thing to do. Uh, but I think the thing that strikes me the first time, or after spending a considerable amount of time with this, I played a bit of the closed beta, which I, <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat. Uh, I can't talk about. Uh, but the thing that struck me is. For all the huge advancements the game has made in realism and visuals and technology, it hasn't changed very much beyond that in terms of the UI, the menus, actually getting in and, and playing the game. So, John, why don't you tell me, like, you, you played a little bit about it, of it the other day. What was your experience with it? So, I've played about an hour of it, uh, and uh, my, wife Vic, uh, my, my wife Vicky actually played uh, a, a mm -hmm. couple hours of it. Um, and what I found like right off the bat, um, so we were playing, uh, with an Xbox controller, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I, I found that the best way to do it was to kind of, I, f I figured out a way to kind of like, you know, use the Xbox controller for some things and then use the keyboard for some things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not very good at it. And, uh, and, uh, Vicky was not very good at it either. Um, I was laughing at her last night because she crashed in the, in the tutorial like five times. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And then I fired it up uh, a little bit tonight. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I crashed in the tutorial like four times. And I was like, oh, well, never mind. Maybe maybe flying is actually really hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I um, like aesthetically, it's gorgeous. And, mm -hmm. and it is. And even on my, my mid range PC, like I had it running on medium settings. It was still yeah. it's still a gorgeous game. Um, I, I, but it's so convoluted and, and the game, like, uh, even on the, with the assist on, like, you know, we, I completely 100% had a uh, babby mode on and, uh, and, and I still like, you know, it, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you a lot of information as to, as to what you're actually supposed to do, even in training mode. Like, like mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. you know, my, like I'm trying to gain altitude and my engine was constantly stalling out mm -hmm. and uh, it, the same thing was happening to Vicky. And, uh, you know, after I crashed in the tutorial about four times, I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe <laughs> the life of a pilot just isn't for me. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm not meant to do this, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, man. Like, like, and you know, you mentioned the the accessibility options. There's really, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, a I think a disabled individual is going to have a really difficult time playing something like this. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, aspects of accessibility, and definitely uh, the amount of control input that's required for a game like this. You know, maybe maybe it's really hard to to make that. I still think they could have done better. But you know, the other the other thing in terms of accessibility is just uh, I guess intuitiveness, like having a normal person be able to come in and gradually learn the ropes and and figure out how to do all these things and yeah like i i ran through some i didn't go through all the tutorials i kind of already have just because i've played a little bit of these before i already have kind of a basic grasp of of some of the systems uh but there's a few problems with the tutorials one like you said it first of all they aren't very thorough or in depth they teach you the bare minimum um, and they don't really explain a lot of the functions i've actually been watching um there's a good youtube channel i found called squirrel uh and he has uh, i mean this is the thing that irritates me. I never, no one should ever have to go out of a game and watch a bunch of YouTube videos just to learn how to play that's the game. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what we were doing the other day. But um, I did, yeah. I did this and, uh, you know, his videos, they're digestible. They're not three hours long. Each, each one's about 15 to 20 minutes. And the first one covers the basics of, you know, he, first he actually goes through like which controls are important, which controls do you need to map? Uh, and then, um, how to set up all your cameras and how all the different camera angles work and which what the most useful camera angles are because a lot of them actually will help you landing there's a really good view of the landing gear um, that gives you a better sense of the distance between the aircraft and the ground and then he walks you through here's takeoff and he doesn't just tell you here's how to take off pull up on the stick because that's basically what the tutorial in the game does he tells you exactly here's what each instrument on the dashboard is this is what it does and here's a very simple easy to understand explanation so where i'm going with this is why couldn't Microsoft, you know, a, a very large company, obviously this is like a, a AAA release from them. Why couldn't they create their own tutorials like this? Um, there's no reason that they couldn't and like just have that in the game. Because the other problem with the tutorials is they only teach you how to fly one plane. And what people will find if they try to go from a Cessna to a uh, Airbus 320 is that it's almost not the same thing at all. Every The entire dash is different. Every instrument is different. The autopilot systems don't work the same from plane to plane. Even if the buttons look similar, um, there's different combinations you have to run. Like, And the, the tutorial only covers the most basic Cessna, and then it feels like it basically just expects you to, like, good luck with everything else. Well, so here's the other thing about that, right? Like I, on one hand, I get it. It's supposed to be mm -hmm. a flight simulator, right? So it's, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I am sure, <laughs> excuse me, that mm -hmm. piloting a, a plane, be it a Cessna or a Boeing 747 in real life is extremely mm -hmm. convoluted mm -hmm. and, and takes, takes quite a bit of mastery and knowledge. So mm -hmm. I get it. On the other hand, if I just want to, if I don't care about any of that and I just want to hop in a cockpit and go mm -hmm. check out some sites and I just want to get my plane off the ground, I didn't see any options for that, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe they're there and I just, I just didn't see them. Uh, and if they are, then, you know, the, you know, the angry boys can pull my gamer card and say that I'm mm -hmm. a fake gamer because I, I couldn't find it, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't see anything like that in there. Um, so yeah, like there's, and that's, no, that's again what I'm pointing to with like the game just dumps you at the menu and nothing is really explained and you can do that, but um, it doesn't really tell you how. So you can, uh, if we break down kind of the different parts of the game, the kind of main piece of it is the uh, free flying, like free flight. 
So you got the whole world map. You can pick wherever you want to fly from. Uh, so you can search from a list of airports. If you just punch in the airport code or name, uh, it'll come up in the list. Uh, or you can just kind of zoom in on the world and just click somewhere, uh, anywhere, and your plane will basically spawn like 1,000, 1,500 feet up in the air there. And you can just take off from there. Or you can create a flight plan with a destination, and that kind of puts some other things in motion. But yeah, like it doesn't explain any of this to you and like see this is news to me jeff i had no mm -hmm. idea you could just spawn your plane in midair yep. i had no idea you can do that yeah you just click uh, you can make it just like a custom departure point on the map you just literally zoom in anywhere but uh <laughs> you know the the world map is kind of weird like this whole game relies on bing maps 3d photogrammetry super detailed imagery but the kind of globe that you look at for the planes it has no you can't even see cities. You can't punch in an address. It's just like a look at the world. So if you're trying to find a specific spot, you kind of, there's not even any like map data, terrain data. When you zoom in past the clouds and like get down, like it's just, it's just blank. Like all you could see is just little pins for where the airports are. There's no train details at all. So it's, yeah, like it's, it's really hard for a lot of people that are just going to want to pick a spot and fly from you can't really seem to do that. Or if you can, then neither you or me know how, and that's just more of an indictment <laughs> of well, the and, game. And, like, another thing I noticed, and, and, and I understand, like, you know, eventually we figured out how to go into options and, and turn the volume down, mm -hmm. um, you know, individually. But so we started off, uh, you know, in the cockpit view, and it's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, we're looking around like, oh, look, you know, here's the throttle, you know, and here's my radar, and... You know, I feel like I'm sitting in the cockpit of an of an actual plane. There's all these instruments. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what they do, but they look cool. Um, and then, so you know, once you're in the air, you know, it's like, okay, well, I want I would rather have a third person view of my plane. Uh, I want to take in the sights. You know, like I want to see the city mm -hmm. below me and the horizon. And when you do that, you're you're greeted with the the airplane jet engine noise, which is like you know, burr, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh. And uh, and it was so, and we were playing it on a 100 inch screen with a 5.1 oh surround sound, yeah, and it cranked up to 50, so it was like, and like the dogs are like, oh, and uh, <laughs> and so so like so eventually we figured out how to how to to turn the volume down on the mm -hmm. on the plane, but at the same time it's like we had difficulty understanding uh understanding what the actual uh, you know tower control was saying to us mm -hmm. and there was and and it's 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 like and i i you know those messages are meant to be there to help you but they don't really help you because it's just air tra it's just air traffic controller talk Mm -hmm. and uh you know like you know we kept you know it said okay you know bring your plane to 20,000 feet you know, like bring your plane. That's one of the checkpoints. You know, bring your plane to the mm -hmm. designated elevation, and we kept going up and up and up, and then the engine would stall, and then up, <laughs> and the engine would stall, and that, and it doesn't actually tell you, even in the tutorial, what 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 you're actually supposed to be doing in regards to gaining altitude, and and that to me was one of, and I know to Vicky was one of the mm -hmm. most frustrating things was. You know, like mm -hmm. why is my why does my engine keep stalling out? Like, mm -hmm. and and it just oh god, it was so irritating. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I could harp on this all day. That's the game's biggest problem. Is it? it you have to. It, it doesn't teach you how to play, and no one's gonna go through the effort of, of like the insane amount of effort of teaching them. And it, yeah, it is a flight simulator, but I think 
We talk about it all the time. What makes a good game? Easy to learn, hard to master, right? There's no reason that the game can't teach you the basics. How to actually get your plane in the air, how to climb, how to descend, how to not stall, how to land. And then you get anyone who wants to get more advanced can go into a cockpit of a 747 um, and do a cold start. Because by default, if you pick an airport, the, ga the game just spawns you on the runway ready to go. Oh, everything's on. But, you know, if you, if you spawn at a gate, uh, the whole plane is cold and dark and everything's off. And you have to go through the startup sequence and checklist. And, yeah, so someone who wants to, to learn all that stuff can. But it really needs to do a better job of, of giving you... Get you started with the basics and teach you how to play the game. And I could, I could go on forever, but um, a few other things I wanted to touch on. So aside from that, I guess the, the whole issue with the game is it almost feels to me like an early access game. It, it really doesn't feel like it was ready for release. And I'm not just saying that because um, it, it does a poor job explaining itself to people. It just it literally feels almost unfinished in certain parts. So one for one example... Um, so we talked about, I just talked about free flight. You have the world map, you can pick and fly anywhere, you know, but some people may want, might want something a little bit more structured, like goals and objectives in the game. And it does have some of that, but it seems really light. The only things I found um, were landing challenges and bush trips. Uh, so bush trips are pretty cool. They're kind of like take you on a route. Uh, and unlike some of the other stuff, they don't give you direct waypoints or destinations. They You fly all by visual cues, so they say like, fly so far until you see the river and then turn right at the river uh, and then fly over this mountain and so they you kind of have to follow along and so that's that's kind of interesting and then the other one is landing challenges which basically just spawn you on approach to a runway you're usually only a few minutes from landing uh and it might be a tricky like maybe the approach is tricky because you have to fly in between two really steep mountains and you have to make a hard bank right at the end to line up with it um but like i could only see so the landing challenges, they've broken down. They have like famous areas, epic landings, and then high wind landings. There's only eight in each of these, uh, which like considering there's the whole world and like the only landing challenges I saw were like New York and Jackson. And uh, I think there was one in um, France or something like, I don't know. It's just like, shouldn't there be like a hundred of these? So so let me ask you this about the epic landing challenges. Yeah. <laughs> is is one of the epic landing challenges the Vegas Strip? Uh I don't think so. I don't think you're supposed to land there. Opportunity <laughs> wasted. Opportunity wasted. You should always be able to land on the on the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, yeah. That's how they did it. That, that's how they did it in Con Air, and everybody knows that Con Air is pretty accurate when it comes to flying. I've been thinking about that movie way too much lately. <laughs> does it, does it, I need to know if it holds up. Uh, it does. Good, good. Um, so, so yeah, that's you know that's uh, that's pretty much it from what I could see from like kind of like curated content. And I don't know if they're planning to rotate these out because they have like a weekly challenge as well. And the weekly or sorry, I shouldn't say weekly challenge. I just it's called like a current live challenge. Uh, so it gets the gives the impression that like this is like what everyone's trying to do right now. But it's been the same since the game launched, like two or three weeks ago now. So I don't know if they're planning to like rotate these out every so often, and then maybe all these landing challenges will be replaced with new ones, and then maybe my complaint becomes a little more moot. But uh, yeah, like right now, it's pretty slim pickings, and then that takes me into the other part of. Uh, sorry, I will get to the good stuff about the game eventually, but uh, the last kind of puzzling part is when I talk about feeling unfinished, so you can do these landing challenges. It gives you a score based on how well you land. 
right when you finish the challenge, it shows you your score on the screen and your place on the leaderboard. And then after that, you can never see your score again. Wait, what? From as near as I can tell. Yeah. So you, I finish and it says, oh, here's your leaderboard. You're 800 on the global leaderboard. So then I go to back to the main menu and I click on that challenge. And the only leaderboard it shows me is just the top 10 global leaderboard. I can't see my place on the leaderboard. And there's nowhere else I can see to find my past scores. Because I was thinking like, oh, hey, these landing challenges. Okay, there's only like eight of them in this one section. But it could be like a really addictive, like, oh, just keep trying over and over again and try and beat your score and, you know, like have that kind of like one slightly better run, uh, like, you know, repeat quality to it. But like, I have no fucking idea what my score was last time. So like, I don't know if this landing is any better than the last one. There's no so, way to see it. So Jeff, in, that, in in times like this, all you, all like all Microsoft is trying to do is teach you to just mm -hmm. try your best. And, <laughs> and the real score was your self-confidence. Uh, yeah, I guess along. so. That's, or That's they the want me to point. buy uh, Microsoft Excel and like keep a spreadsheet of all my scores. <laughs> you know, if, would, if there was like Microsoft Excel spreadsheet compatibility with <laughs> Flight Simulator, yeah, my wife would love that. She oh would, my god, she has an she has an unhealthy regard for Microsoft Excel that I will never understand. Jeez. Correct. Um, Christine's really big into it too, but she works with that for work all day. So I don't know. That's what she, yeah, Vicky does too. But if um, I worked with it work, at work all day, I'd be sick of it. I'd never want to look at that again. You know, if, if Microsoft wants to keep things fresh, what they need to do is institute a kaiju mode in which you are, as you're flying around, there are giant monsters battling it out in the cities you're flying under or you're flying over. Like, uh, you know, fly over Tokyo and all of a sudden you've got Rodan and Mothra going at each other. Like, I could like, get on like, board with that. I would actually really love something just like that, or just bring like in like the uh, natural disasters from SimCity. Oh, or you, you could do that, or just uh, you know what, bring in what happened with um, uh, that movie Twenty Twelve. You know when all, you know you know when all the Earth's uh, tectonic plates are shifting and there's huge tsunamis, and give us something cool to look at. I think this is officially the first time anyone has referenced that movie. It's a good movie, Jeff. It's a good movie. I don't care what I'm. I'm partial says. to the day after tomorrow, so that that movie's got a lot to live up to. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I I will say I think I like John Cusack better than Dennis Quaid. I think Dennis Quaid turned out to be a big shitbag, which I, isn't super he did. surprising. He did. Uh, how did, we started talking about Flight Simulator? Now we're talking about John Cusack and Dennis Quaid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I said this no, was going to be a no, quick I, one. No, I think it's great. <laughs> Uh, so I'll, I'll get it get us back on track. Um, and, you know, so th the kind of unfinished feeling per permeates the rest of the game. Um, there's people more experienced than me. Like, I know how to use the basics of autopilot, but you can go on the forums. People that actually know how it works are reporting all sorts of bugs. The autopilot just flat out uh, doesn't work in, in certain situations. Um, and it'll just cause the plane to crash into the ground. I know, like you mentioned, they're telling you, the air traffic controller is telling you what altitude to climb at. Uh, so I'm following IFR, which is instrument flight rules. So they're basically supposed to guide you to your destination. And they tell you, you know, increase your altitude to this, decrease to this. But sometimes it just goes on the fritz quite often, actually. And they're like, uh, expedite your climb to 4,200 feet. And then like five seconds later, descend to 3,600 feet. And then expedite your climb to 5,000 feet. I'm like, what the fuck do you want? And then they tell me to descend <laughs> when there's a mountain in front of me and I have to actually climb to avoid it. Well, so it just, there's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and this is like 
this isn't like advanced stuff like flying by instrument rules if you're doing any sort of flight over an hour this is basically required this is like a fundamental part of the game that's broken there's a active pause button where you can just pause the plane and freeze I, it in midair. I saw that, yeah. But I don't know if you noticed, uh, the simulation keeps running while the plane is paused. So what I mean by this is like the plane isn't moving, but the simulation of how fast the plane is going and the pitch up and down is still going. So when you unpause it, all of a sudden you might be going... 100 knots faster diving straight into the ground. So so Vicky experienced something like that last night as she was flying over New York. All of a sudden, like her plane went into this weird T, like upside down T pose. And <laughs> it, it looked like an inverted crucifix and <laughs> started spinning around on its axis. And we had no idea what was happening. Vicky was yelling like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. And it was a... It was a bad moment. It was a bad moment. We th we mm -hmm. thought we were going to crash right into the streets of uh, of Manhattan. It was rough. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I I guess that's basically it. And then it's just yeah. It, it the best way I could describe it is it's it feels obtuse and it feels a little um, unfinished. And it's it's a shame because they're it, this this so they've said this game is going to be a ten year platform. Um, which makes sense. These these flight simulators have a long, long life cycle. They're going to sell tons of DLC for it. The, the add-on content for these games from both first-party and third-party developers is, is crazy. So I'm sure they'll fix a lot of this stuff, but you don't really get a second chance to make a first impression. And a lot of people tried this on Game Pass last two weeks and put it away and are never going to touch it again. And I just think that's... Uh, I'm one of them. Uh, yeah, it's a, a pretty big bummer. Um so, you know, aside from that, there, there are some good things to the game. Obviously, we talked uh, about the um, the visual fidelity, uh, even on the lower tier settings. The game looks fantastic. It really um, does. It looks great. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it does feel good to play. I'm playing with a with a flight stick, so obviously it's a little bit different than a controller. Um, but everything, as is expected, this is a pretty popular um, Microsoft Flight Simulator. is one of the more popular ones. Um, and they have a good history with this stuff. But everything feels good to fly. Um the and we talked about this on the podcast before too it's just a really good time to just do some escapism and travel the world and i know there's certain parts i'm checking out things i know but there's also parts of the world i've never seen before and i'm like hey i want to see what this looks like and um yeah it's it's uh really gratifying in that way so um i don't know i don't i don't have a lot more to add because i'm still still just trying to come to grips with with how to actually play the game um <laughs> but uh we'll, we'll see where it where it goes from there so i don't know did you have any like specific questions or any more comments john no um you know it, it's one of those things where i think it, i don't think this is an inherent problem with the game itself um i don't really play sim games uh, like, you know, whether it be flight simulator or farming simulator or, you know, dump truck driving simulator. Like, I don't I don't play. I, I, they just don't they don't grab me. There was something interesting about flight simulator in that, you know, there, there's a sense of freedom and, and kind of a sense of of you know, meditation. You know, it's like, oh, I can just get my plane and and take off and fly over the Himalayas. You know, I can fly over, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. I can fly over, you know, the Amazon rainforest. Um, if I see a huge hurricane, I can fly into that and just kind of look around. And but I find that the therapeutic, the potential therapeutic aspects of it, um, are 
are are lost somewhere in the shuffle of actually trying to figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. and after an after an hour of rustling with the nose of my plane, um, trying to get it to gain enough altitude to get the guy to shut up, um, <laughs> I, I I just it kind of I was like you know what I there mm-hmm. are plenty of other things to, I can do that are therapeutic and will not frustrate me to this point. So I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know I I, I just commented I, I feel bad I like I I do think it's a great game and I just spent twenty minutes kind of bashing it but. I think that's why is why it's so frustrating is because I do think there's a great game in here and I'm just mad that it's buried so far down um, and so hard for for people to find and discover. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's that's all I got. I I hope that Microsoft. I I feel like they're focused. So the problem with this is the people. Obviously, games exist to make money, and. The people, the whales, the kind of people that are really going to generate revenue for this, it's not going to come from really box sales. Uh, these people are going to buy a shitload of extra airplanes, scenery add-ons, air, custom airports and things like that. And I worry that that's just where Microsoft's going to cater their, their focus on and um, you know focus on the hardcore base. But I would love if they took some of the time over the, the next little bit here to take some of these criticisms to heart and, and make this kind of a, a flight simulator for everybody. And not just for right, right. You know, we we, yeah. we talk. You know, I mean, we have uh, we have a lot of friends who are disabled gamers, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about you know trying to cut down on gatekeeping and make games accessible for everybody. And it's mm-hmm. this is, I mean, it's and you know, I'm I'm able bodied, and it's barely accessible for me. You know, mm-hmm. and and for for somebody else without uh, you know, for example, a full range of motion, this is going to be almost impossible to play. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that's a damn shame, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, if if John, if you if you don't have anything else, um, maybe we'll we'll just wrap it up there. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. Um, yeah, I I do recommend everyone check this out if you have Game Pass. Give it a try. Um, it is a really great game, and obviously it won't be for everyone. Um, but you, you never know. I mean, I didn't know anything about these coming in, uh, to my experience with the previous one either. And it hooked me enough that I wanted to go out and learn more about it. I wanted to watch some, some videos and, uh, learn how to play this game and it might do the same for you. So it'd be, it, it costs nothing if you have game pass, it doesn't hurt to give it a shot and maybe you'll feel the same way as John, but, uh, Hey, maybe you'll, you'll surprise yourself. So. Check out Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another SDGC After Hours. My name was Jeff. Uh, I was joined by John. And you can catch us every Thursday night on Twitch at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Until next time, be good to each other.